Uh, I'm going to actually begin with, with a prayer that comes straight from the, the book of Psalms. And um, uh, this is a prayer that references God as our rock. And so uh, we're just going to kind of start this time with a, with a brief word of prayer. Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and that the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Lord, we ask that the words of our mouths and the meditation and the thoughts of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock, my redeemer. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Uh, we're going to begin uh, right off the top in Deuteronomy chapter 31. We're going to start uh, really in verse 19 and then kind of move uh, through a good portion of chapter 32. So if you've got Bibles at home, I'd encourage you to go ahead and flip open to that uh, in the room here. Maybe pull it up on an electronic device or whatever you need to do. Deuteronomy 31 verse 19 says this, Now therefore write this song. Uh, this is a very unique section of scripture uh, for a couple of different reasons. Um, God tells Moses what to say. I, I mean, it's just very directive, right? Uh, God's not usually this directive, but, but in this case, he comes to a man named Moses and he says, Moses, I want you to say this. Now, therefore, write this song, right? Very clear. Uh, and, and so here's the situation. The people of God are standing right on the brink of the promised land. The second time, right? The first time they came to the promised land, they freaked out, they were unfaithful, and then they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Well, now they're back to the brink of the promised land, and they're about ready to step into the promised land. Now, when you step into the promised land, that means that you're stepping into an unknown, unstable season of life. Do you get that? When you go into the promised land, it's uncomfortable there. There's so much that is unknown there. Um, it, you're, you're, you're blazing new frontiers, right? Because it's totally unknown territory. So when you stand on the brink of the promised land, you're standing on the brink of an unknown, unstable season of life. Um, which makes this a really applicable section of scripture for us. <laughs> uh, not because we're standing on the brink of an unknown, unstable season of life, but because we're in an unknown, unstable season of life, right? I'm seeing some nods which tell me that I'm not alone in that, right? But, I mean, it's just the, the lot that we have been uh, given or that we have here in 2020. For the last several months, we've been living in this kind of unknown, unstable season of life. And that's an uncomfortable place to be. And so, so really, we can connect with the situation that these guys are about to face. Uh, the other main thing that we need to know is that Moses is 120 years old at this point. If you just look forward a couple of, uh, a couple of chapters, it tells us that Moses is about 120. And so um, God comes to him and, and tells him, hey, Moses, well, he tells him like four things. First thing, Moses, you're about to die which is another very unique thing. He does, God doesn't usually come and reveal that kind of timing to us. But in this case, God comes to Moses and says, hey, Moses, you are about to die. And, uh, and, and you just have to understand like how, uh, uh, how, how challenging that would be for the people. 
Moses has been the face of the people of God. He's been the, the, the rock-solid thing that they can rely on. He's always been there. He's been dependable. He has been leading them through blood, sweat, and tears for the last at least 40 years, maybe 60, maybe as many as 80 years. He's been leading these people, right? And, and he's like, yeah, Moses is always there, right? And so Moses is about to die, and that's going to you know, be a stable figure, a, a fixture, gone. So just you understand that, right? They're on the brink of the promised land, an unknown, unsteady, unstable season, and their leader for the last several years is about to be gone. That's the situation that they're going to be stepping into. And so God says, hey, I want you to write this song. Uh, God says, hey, Moses, you're about to die, and the people that you've been leading are going to be unfaithful. Now, uh, if I'm Moses, that breaks my heart, right? Because uh, number one, uh, I've been leading these people and trying to help them be faithful for the last several years. And, uh, and God tells me, hey, as soon as I'm gone, they're going to be unfaithful. And Moses has seen that movie before. He, he, the, the people were unfaithful at the beginning of his ministry. And, uh, and, and God says, hey, as soon as you go, they're going to be unfaithful again. And then he says, because they're going to be unfaithful, I'm going to get angry. And then the fourth thing he says is, I'm going to turn away from them. And so because of all that, he says, hey, write this song. In the last moments of life, I want you to talk about this. Write this song. So, so maybe uh, this is a song that we want to pay attention to, right? If we're already in this kind of unknown, unstable season of life, then this is a song that we want to be paying attention to. Uh, this is a song that, that might be helpful to us. And just see, right, it's cool that God puts this in the form of a song because uh, songs are easy to remember, Songs are easy to memorize. Songs are easy to, to let them soak into your heart. And so God says, hey, uh, he doesn't say, hey, speak these words to the people. No, no, he says, write this song because he wants them to remember uh, for that moment that they step into that unknown, unsteady season. And so uh, chapter 32, we only read the first eight or nine verses of it. Chapter 32 is really interesting because um, uh, that's the whole song that Moses sat down to write that very day. Uh, it's a fascinating moment. So, so uh, I just want to start at chapter 32, verse 2, uh, because uh, it really tells us the heartbeat that God has for this song. He says this, May my teaching drop as rain, like gentle rain upon the tender grass. So what does that tell you? Uh, it doesn't say that, that this song is meant to be a harsh wind that blows against you. It doesn't say that it's a harsh rain. It doesn't say it's hail. It doesn't say it's thunder and lightning. No, no. It's a gentle rain that falls upon the tender grass. It's like dew in the morning. Right? It's meant to refresh. It's meant to restore. It's meant to renew our hearts. It's meant to renew and restore and refresh our life, our connection to him. Right, so, so we've just got to see this because very often in those unknown, unstable seasons of life, we need to be refreshed. <laughs> we need to be renewed. We need to be restored. And, and so, so it's very powerful here what God desires to do with this song. May my teaching drop as rain like gentle rain upon the tender grass. God wants this song to be helpful. Now, the primary theme, uh, if I had to, to, to dial in on, on a primary theme, God basically says, hey, I want you to write about this. That's right. 
God says, hey, I want you to talk about a rock. <laughs> but just see this, right? Uh, not just any rock. This rock is a person. We'll see that in, uh, in chapter 32, verse 4 in just a minute. This rock is a person, and this rock is not just a person. This rock is actually God. God compares himself to a rock, right? Why? <laughs> because they're about to enter into the promised land, and they're going to need a rock. Just listen to this. Um, the rock his, right, this is more than a rock. The rock his work is perfect. For all his ways are justice, a God of faithfulness and without iniquity. Just and upright is he. That's 32 verse 4. So you see that? The rock his. So this is not just a rock, this is a person. And then it's put in parallel to God, the rock a God of faithfulness and without iniquity. Um, so Moses is told to write a song about a rock. And I'm sure that probably wasn't going to, you know, appear on the top ten. <laughs> but this is what God tells Moses to write about. Um, this rock, this God, his work is perfect. Um, to be perfect means that, uh, that, that you are complete or whole. Right? So, so in other words, this rock, um, this God has, has work that, that is without any gaps. It leaves nothing to be desired. It is perfect. This rock, this God, his ways are just, which means that his paths are good. His paths are the right paths. His paths are the upright paths. Um, this rock, this God is faithful, right? Uh, that, that means uh, that, that there's something about his character, right? He is firm. He is steadfast. He's dependable. Um, the, this rock, this God is without iniquity. Uh, the language here is interesting because we usually hear the word iniquity in church and we think sin. And, and, and really, the, the language here it means that, that God has absolutely no record of, of doing wrong to anybody, anytime, anywhere, right? Uh, he, this rock, this God, is without iniquity. He always treats people rightly, always. His track record is perfect. Um, uh, verse 6 tells us that, that this rock, this God, is a father that anchors you, right? He establishes you. Uh, chapter uh, uh, 32, verse 10 says that this rock, this God, sets the boundaries of the nations. Right? That means that he's in complete control of everything. Notice he doesn't just set the boundaries for the people of God, right? Uh, the, the nation of Israel. He sets the boundaries for the nations, plural. He's in control of all nations, every nation. What, what a great song, Right? What, what a great song. What a great and gracious thing to be talking about. You're on the brink of stepping into this unknown, unstable season, and God gives them a song just for that season. A, a perfect song that's going to give them uh, stability, that's going to point them to stability. I'm getting dirt all over my papers up here because of this rock. Should have cleaned it off before, but um, God, God gives them this thing to look at that's going to be helpful in that unknown, unstable season of life. Um, this song also comes with a warning um, because God knows that when we enter into those unknown, unstable seasons of life, we tend to make choices that we normally wouldn't. <laughs> Anybody else done that over the last uh, five, six, seven months? <laughs> right? We just we just have this thing where where we're you know we're we're in those unknown, unstable seasons of life, and and everything is kind of shaky, and and so we end up doing things that we know that we shouldn't, 
Uh, we end up not doing things that we know that we should. And so, so God comes with a warning. Uh, see this, before they step into that unknown, unstable, shaky season of life, um, the warning is essentially one warning with, I would say, three different consequences. The, the warning is essentially don't go after other rocks. Right, uh, ch uh, chapter 32, verse 31 says this, their rock, small, uh, small r, is not as our rock, big R. Um, there, in that case, is the people that used to believe in God but don't anymore. There is all the other nations that never believed in God in the first place. And so the warning is, hey, don't go after other rocks. Because God knows that when we step into those unknown, unstable, shaky seasons of life, we tend to go after things that make us feel like we have control. Did you see that? That was good. Uh, uh, he knows that, that we so often go to things that make us feel good. He knows that we, we, tend, to, we, we tend to go towards things that, um, that and, and we try a bunch of different things, and we try to make life work. And so the warning is, don't go after other rocks. Because there's no rock as stable and as steady and as sure as that rock. Um, the consequences of going after other rocks is really threefold. Number one, if you go after other rocks, you're going to end up forsaking the rock. Uh, forsaking is kind of a, an old, churchy, biblical word. To forsake something means that you leave it behind. It means that you let it go. It's kind of this picture, right? I've got my hands around so many other rocks, around so many other gods, around so many other things that I don't have room really to hold on to that rock anymore. You forsake the rock. Um, another consequence is that you end up scoffing at the rock. Thanks, Zeke. Uh, is that you end up scoffing at the rock. To scoff, that's another word that we don't really use anymore, right? But uh, to scoff at something essentially means that you treat it like it's foolish. You treat it like it's not worth even a moment of your time. I'm so busy focusing on these. I don't have time really to focus on that. Um, the, the third consequence of picking up other rocks is that we become unmindful of the rock, which means really just that we forget about the rock. So, so you see that when we scoff at something, we're still kinda, uh, we can still kind of see it there, but we say, no, no, I'm going to pay attention to these instead of to that. But when you're unmindful of it, you really just kind of don't even see that it's there anymore, and you turn your back on that rock because you're so focused on what you have in your hands. You're so focused on trying to make life work. You're so focused on things that maybe make you feel good. You're so focused on things that make you feel like you have control. And so the warning comes, and the warning is, don't go after other rocks. <clears throat> How many of us have, uh, at some point, lived in that unstable, uncertain time, and we've gone after those other rocks? And then we know that those consequences are true, uh, that we really don't leave capacity to keep holding on to the rock. And um, we treat God like he's not really worth our time and attention. 
and we maybe even forget about him altogether. Um, so, so just see this, and, and I want to just bring this back, right? This is meant to be a song that, that refreshes and renews and restores. It's not meant to be a heavy-handed, shame on you for screwing that up again. No, no, let's just see what this does, right? Uh, th this helps us to know what to turn towards when times are unstable, when times are uncertain, and it helps us to know what to turn away from. I don't know about you, but for me, that's, that's actually refreshing and renewing and helpful, right? This is why I spend time in God's Word every single morning, so that, so that I can be refreshed and be restored and be renewed. Right? That's what God's desire is. He wants this to fall on us like gentle rain that refreshes and restores and renews. And so this helps us to, to remember, oh yeah, I need to turn towards this because this is dependable. Uh, because this rock, is uh, his ways are good. Right? Um, I need to look back at that list again so I don't miss it. Right? Uh, his work is perfect, whole and complete. Um, uh, he is without iniquity. He anchors us. He sets that he's in control of all things. And so this helps me to remember, oh yeah, I'm going to turn towards this and I'm going to turn away from that. What a powerful song oh, that we just need to remember and, and that we need to keep coming back to. Um, there's three more things about this song that are really helpful, and, and this is very cool. Uh, verse 6, right? If we go back to verse 6, this rock is a father that created you, it says. A rock that creates you. The, the actual word there, I don't know why it says creates. It says creates in the ESV, but um, the actual word is bought you. This rock is the rock that bought you. And I'm hearing some mmm from the room. <laughs> Because all of a sudden we're picturing God the Father who spends everything when he sends Jesus and gives us his one and only son, right? So that we might be his. Um, a father that, that spends everything so that, so, so that we might be bought back from sin and from death and from the devil. 32 verse 6, this rock is a father that, that bought you. Um, verse 9, <clears throat> um, this rock... When the Lord set the boundaries of the nations, we didn't talk about this before, right? Yes, it means that he's in control of all things. But if you just look at verse 9, it says that he, he chose a certain people to be his. So when he established the boundaries for all the nations, he, he said, okay, you get that part, you get that part, you get that part, you get this part. Oh, and you're mine. This group of people, this particular group of people, Jacob, Israel, this group of people is mine. And he chooses them to be his own. And so, of course, we would go to the New Testament and we would see uh, New Testament language that says that God chose us before the foundations of the world were established. We would go to the New Testament and say that, that, that God chose us before we were even conceived. We would go and we would say we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood set apart for him. We are a chosen people. And then verse 36, this is so powerful. Um, when he sees that the people, uh, that the power of his people is gone, he will vindicate, or look at this, he will have compassion on his people. He'll have pity on his people. He'll have comfort for his people. 
Because God knows that, that when we step into those unknown, unstable seasons of life, what we do is we tend to, to run around and we try to, our best to pick up as many of those rocks as we can. And as we do that, we just get tired and our strength begins to fail. And, um, and, and all of a sudden we start to feel weak. And God says, oh, when that happens, I'm going to be there. And I'm going to have comfort for you. And I'm going to be all the strength that you need. Which is really powerful right now because I've been holding up that rock and my arm is tired. And I wasn't really anticipating that when I was doing this. But boy, when we pick up rocks on our own and by our own strength, man, we get tired. And God says, no, no, I'm going to be there for you. And when that happens, when your power is gone, I'll be all the power that you need. So, so look at this. We've, we've got a choice, right? Um, we can talk about the unstableness of life. We can talk about the unknown frontier that we're going into. Or, or we can talk about a rock. We can talk about a rock whose work is perfect. We can talk about a rock whose paths are oh so good. We can talk about a rock who is absolutely dependable. We can talk about a rock who's in control of all things. A, a rock that, that gives everything to buy you back from sin and from death and the devil. We can talk about a rock that chooses you. We can talk about a rock that has compassion when you have no strength left to give. The choice is ours, right? I hope this week to talk more about the rock than about anything else. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, we, uh, we thank you so much for being that rock. Uh, thanks for, again, just being so kind to us that you would uh, point to common, ordinary things. Uh, we're going to see rocks uh, later on uh, today. We're going to see it throughout the week. And, and so every time we see a rock, we can just come back to, to the truth of how good you are. We can come back to this song and, and, and let it refresh us and renew us and restore us. We can, we can remember, oh, oh, yeah, I need to turn towards you. And I need to turn away from everything else. And we can rejoice in all that you have done and are doing in our lives. And so we just thank you for your loving kindness um, that would reveal such incredible things for our hearts. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.